When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week free trial of the fitness app yet. Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs. Custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community, support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime. No equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to thefitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. All right, squad. Today's conversation is with Dr. Gloria Mark. Now, this is going to sound a little strange at first. She is the Chancellor, Chancellor's Professor of Informatics at the University of California. And I'm going to let her explain exactly what that means. But long story short, the way we're living nowadays is destroying our attention span. And she's coming on to talk to us all about that, what it's costing us, and what we can do about it in her new book, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. And no, this is not for people um, that just have ADD. It's how it's affecting all of us, including our kids, um, and how dramatically it's impacting the quality of our lives, the quality of our work, and oddly enough, our ability to find purpose and meaning because we can never quite get into that state where we're doing what we love without being pinged every five seconds or getting drawn into mindlessness, which, you know, I'm going to let, look, I'm going to let Dr. Mark explain all of that to us, obviously, because she's the pro. But I tell you, Cindy, it's like sometimes I feel like I can get through a day and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And yet I feel like I got nothing done. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, it's, 
It's weird because it's that kind of thing where you, Lori and I will be out on a walk and thinking, okay, be here now, take right. in everything. Yes. This is our time not to have a phone. And, you know, we have parents with issues. So if her phone dings, we're constantly available. I remember when we, you know, I used to go to work, whether it was go to set or go to my office at Empowered Media, you know, when it was in Los Angeles, it's been in Miami for years. And then we shut the office because no one wanted to go in. And now we have employees all over the place. But, you know, when I'm at home, there's always something distracting me. And it could be a dish in the sink that didn't get washed or, you know, there's always something. But then, you know, beyond what's going on at home, do you ever do this one? Because this is me to a nutshell, okay? Because it's like, look, it's not about actually working from home. It's about how, you know, all these devices are essentially ruining our lives and what we can do about it. But um, mama, I will think like, oh shit, I have to send that email, right? Or I got to text that assistant. But when I go to my phone, there are 15 <laughs> things on my phone and I don't remember what I went to the phone for. Yeah. It's yeah. like, or it'll say like, I think like yesterday, I remember I went to text the assistant and be like, okay, you know, here's the schedule for tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then there was some news article on Apple that popped up about how researchers were redefining <laughs> death with some new discovery. And the next thing I know, I'm like, we're redefining death. And I, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I didn't even send the email. I was like, oh, Jesus. I've written emails, texts, and then you know, oh, something else comes up and I go the next day, I realize I never sent it. It's just, I find it's kind of, I feel bad too. Cause like D will try to talk to me or Lou will try to talk to me. Lou will come home from school and I'll be right in the middle of something and she'll be like, mom. And she'll want to tell me something. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. And she'll start talking. I don't remember anything she said. And I can't, I don't even know what I wrote in my email. It's like, everything just has to stop. And I'm oh like, God. okay, what am I going to focus on? What I was doing or the kid? Okay, let me focus on the kid. But then it's like, it takes me forever to kind of get back to where I was. And it's just, it's like this constant set of fits and starts. And I don't, I don't know if anybody feels the way I do about this. And But I'm going to sound really obnoxious here and I don't care. I used to be amazing. I did. <laughs> and what I mean by that <laughs> is like, I would write a book and like, I wrote that fucking book. Nobody, I'm like, I wrote all my books. There were a couple I worked with researchers and then there's experts that would be interviewed. But I wrote those books, man. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. I'd finish it and I'd be like, that's so good. You I know? Remember. Like, I was like, oh, that's great. Or I'd write like a blog and I'd be like, that's inspired. You know? <laughs> and, and nowadays I'm like, I have not done. Everything is like, uh-huh, yeah, off the plate. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, distracted. No, let's just try to dig through you know, it's, I haven't, or even when I would work with somebody, like as a trainer, I would, you know, I could feel the world following when I would work with them. And I used to say, and this is going to sound crazy. I was a personal trainer. I like personal training and I would work with one person and I would hear in my head. And I know that people are going to be like, okay, you're fucking nuts, but I would hear in my head, like put them in this position, hold, make them hold it five more seconds. It was bizarre. Like I would get these instructions and it was almost like unlocking, like putting a Rubik's mm -hmm. cube back together. And then something would come out. It would like unlock some emotion or something that was, 
but I could be in that state where I was supremely focused and I could channel like what to do or what to say or what to ask or what was going on. And it was like the highest purpose and it is absolutely missing from my work. There is no question, but I don't have that. Like I don't have it writing these days because I have too much to do, too much going on. And you have kids. I mean, the kids definitely take your your focus as they should. I mean, I know there are times when I, I'll do what Lou does to you. I'll do to Lori and not realize she's writing an email or, or texting about something. And I will. And, and then later when I'll, she'll say, you know, she'll ask about something. I'll say, I, I told you all that already. And she'll say, oh. was I on my phone? And it's like, oops. Yeah. I think you probably were not at, and I and and it's like it's so hard because it's hard to say to to someone, give me a sec, give me one sec, yeah. and then if you do, if somebody says to you, give me one sec, you go, yeah, no problem, and then they say, okay, what were you going to say? And it's uh, I don't remember because I don't remember. I, 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 I moved on to my phone and got distracted. <laughs> so uh, what do you mean you don't know what happened in that scene in the, in the TV show? Do you ever well, walk I was looking into something a up. room? Yeah, girl. Do you ever walk into a room and you forget what you walked in there for? Oh, my God. I yeah, do that well, all the time. Because aren't you usually on your phone when you're walking into another I'm room? Like, what the because you've got all that. In here? You've got 10 seconds to get yeah. to the next room. Usually, God willing, if someone's in the house, I excuse myself for a reason. And I'm like, hold on, let me go get. You know what I mean? And then I walk into the room and some, and it's like the phone, or this, and then I'm like, what, what why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. So anyway, the reason that I um, <laughs> am really excited to have Dr. Mark on is because I feel that it has greatly compromised the quality of my work, um, the significance of my connections, my ability to be like truly present for the kids at times um i just don't feel like i'm you know i don't know as excellent as i used to be i think present is the right word because if you're texting someone who isn't there you're not present with the person you're literally present with no you've left you you mentally have left the room so and you know one of the things i do now and even though this is not my book and i don't know what dr mark's going to say for solutions but I find that I have to do just whenever my brain is like monkey brain like that, mm. I to-do list everything yeah, in order oh, yeah. and then everything has to get shut off. And then and it feels when great I'm done with one task, right? Then I'm like, okay, I completed this. Then I'll turn everything back on so I can see if there's an emergency, turn it back off, next task, turn it back on. You know, And it's like, I have to do it like that or Cindy, nothing is getting done. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, recording is the only time we're able to like to to justify. Okay, we're recording. We're on the yep. air. We have to Sacred turn time. everything off. Nothing can bother me like... except the cat and the dogs. You know, <laughs> that's it. This little bastard is asleep on the desk right now. This thing's a kill machine. It's not funny. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, it's horrible. He got mm. a mouse today. I was destroyed. <laughs> Oh my God! It's just he's like a bloodthirsty killer. This cat, which is a different episode. We got we got to get Doctor Becker on. I need the forever. We should do that again. We'll do that. Oh my God! I should ask her about that. But anyway, what I got to say? We'll be right distracted there. We'll be right back with Doctor Gloria Mark talking about a new book: Attention Span, Finding Focus, and Fighting Distraction. 
All right, team. You know, I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, the fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand, so you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 to 46 H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. All right, team, we are back with Dr. Gloria Mark, and we are talking about her new book, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. Dr. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Jillian. I'm, I'm doing great. And the book is dropping tomorrow, right? That's right. Um, well, first of all, congratulations. The book is fantastic. Uh, but before we jump into that, I was wondering if you could explain what this means to me. I was reading your bio, which is so extensive and impressive. You are the Chancellor's Professor of Informatics at the University of California. What does that mean? And how does it relate to research on attention span? So, uh, you know, when we came up with the term informatics, (laughs) it was very clear to us what it meant. It meant the intersection of people and computing. Speaking of the way people relate with computing. Tell me about the book. What made you write the book? How long did it take you to write the book? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, you're so, going to tell us a lot about it, but let's start, with, let's start sure. with the general stuff. So uh, the the book is essentially, it's it's a culmination of all the work that I've been doing over decades, studying how people relate to their devices. And, you know, one of the things I noticed early on is that people have a very hard time focusing, <laughs> keeping their attention uh, on any particular screen. But at the same time, I also noticed people can't stay away from their devices, right? We're we're just tethered to Predicted. our devices. 100%. Yeah. So I, I just found this very curious. And I thought, I want to study this 
scientifically and empirically. And, and that's what I'm trained to do. So the book came about as a way to tell the general public, first of all, how how extensive our ties are to our devices and how short our attention spans really are. And then I, I take a um, sort of a wider view and talk about all the things in society that affect our attention spans. And and then the, the last part of the book is talking about uh, the path forward. So what, what right. can we do about it? Solutions. How can we improve? Yes. Of course. Yes. Doc, I want to set the stage here with stakes. What are the consequences? Because you, one of the things you talk about is that our attention span on any screen is limited or or roughly, not limited to, but is about 47 seconds. What are the consequences of this dramatic I don't know, loss of attention capability. Like, how is this costing us? I want people to really be like, "Oh shit, this is a problem." You know, I want them to get it. It it is a problem, and you know, the, if I were to sum it up in one word, the word is stress. Because every time you shift your attention, and that and people do it rapidly, it it increases stress, and we've measured this. Uh, we've measured this in people's real world environments. This is it's been known in laboratory studies for decades that when people multitask, shift attention, it causes stress. So so th- that's the consequences. Well, you know what? The minute you said that, I had this light bulb moment, and I'm wondering if I'm spot on throughout the course of my day, I start to feel so overwhelmed and agitated. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong, Jill. Why are you getting agitated? Everything's fine. There's nothing going on. But I'm like, oh my God, I got to do that. And then it's like something pings, right? And then you're over here and then you're like, oh God, I got to do that. And then the, the email dings and then the text dings. And it's like, I, I constantly feel overwhelmed and I have to literally silence everything, make a list and turn everything off because it starts to freak me out. Is that sort of, am I on point? Or am I- you're, you're exactly on point, Jillian. This is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the age we're living in, the digital age. We're, we're just, we're overwhelmed with informer- information. We're overwhelmed with tasks. We're overwhelmed yes. with people having to respond and keep track of people who are contacting us. We have a limited capacity of attention. Think of it as resources. We we all have our personal tank of attentional resources. And things we do during the day drain them. Of course, some things we do can replenish them. If you get a really good night's sleep, you're, you know, starting the day, you know, all fit, raring to go. Yeah. Uh, take a break. And, you know, that helps replenish you. But uh, things we do like sustained focus uh, actually drains you. Uh, Switching your attention, like we talked about, this also drains those resources. They are precious and they are limited. And so we have to be so careful and mindful of how we use these, these rare, precious resources. I want to make a distinction, which I think has become obvious, Um, but this is not about ADD. This is happening to all of us. 
That's right. as a result of the way we live. So I want to put that out there because I actually struggle with ADD. But one of the things about ADD that has always worked for me is it comes with hyper focus. It's like when you love something, you just are, you can telescope in on it. And I've utilized that aspect of ADD. And I find that everything you're talking about has inhibited that for me. Um, and I'm wondering, so since all of us are kind of going through this, you do identify four different types of attention though. Um, and I'm wondering if you could kind of elaborate on that, uh, for as before I continue with my line of questioning. Sure, sure. So, you know, people have traditionally thought of attention as just being two types. You're focused or you're not focused. Yeah. And we found it's a lot more nuanced than that. And it, what also matters is how challenging something is to you. And so we, what we did is uh, we we probed people in the workplace. What, what that means is we gave them really short surveys that they could answer in a few seconds. And we asked them two separate questions. How engaged are you in the thing you're doing right now? And how challenging is the thing you're doing right now? And then people had to very quickly answer them. We gave them a lot of probes over the day, over multiple days. We measured uh, lots of people. And we find that when people are highly challenged and highly engaged at something, we, we call that being focused, right? If you have to, you know, let's say you're planning a pitch deck, right? You have to be somewhat focused, right? 100%. It's, it's a little bit challenging. You got to be in it. You have Absolutely. to be in it. Uh, now, you can also be uh, really engaged in something and not at all challenged. And that's when, you know, some people play Candy Crush. Other people play Two Dots. I My personal favorite is this anagram game that I, you know, it's very hard for me to stay away from. Some people surf the Internet, do social media. These are you're engaged, but they're just not challenging. And and we call this rote mindless kind of activity. Yes, 100%. And then, of course, if you're not at all challenged and not engaged, that's boredom. You're, you're just bored. And then if you're very challenged at something, but you're just not engaged, we we label this frustration. And we've all been frustrated. You're frustrated <laughs> with tech. You you know, you, you have to get the tech working, but you're just so not engaged in doing this. <laughs> Instructions. Or, Oh my God, the yes. instructions, I want to die. I'm like, oh. That's <laughs> it. Instructions are a perfect Kill example. Kill perfect me. Example. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, so those are the four those types are, of attention. Yeah. But you you do address flow state. Um, you talk about flow as the ideal state of focus and and this has been kind of out there in the in the zeitgeist this notion of like being in flow i always sort of thought of it as like oh you're passionate and it it doesn't feel like work but it's it's a little bit different under this context right yeah can you explain so like what is the ideal because like where should we live if we've got these four states you know how where, where is the ideal place to be and how do we get there 
Yeah, that's such a great question. So first of all, flow is um, is not it in any of these four states that I talked about, but you can think of the focus state as a precursor to flow. To get into flow, you first have to get into a state of focus. But if you're focused, it doesn't mean you're going to get into flow. And let me let me explain what flow is. Um, yes, I talk about it as the ideal state. It's it's a state where you're so immersed in something that time just doesn't seem to matter, right? You just become completely unaware of the passage. I feel like you're channeling it. Yeah, like it's like it's just flowing through you kind of a thing. Right. Yep, I get it. And uh, people who are, are artists and dancers and uh, people when they play sports, people who have a, a hobby they're passionate about, um, they they can get into flow, right? And the other the other aspect of flow is it involves what's called an optimal state of challenge. That means you have to be challenged just at the right amount. You have to use your skill, mm-hmm. and if you if if something is too hard, you can't get into flow. And if something underuses your skill, if something is too easy, uh, like playing two dots, <laughs> you're not going to yeah. get into flow. So there's that sweet spot that you have to hit. Um, so, you know, if people who are musicians who play music, you know, talk about getting into flow. Um, I, I used to be an artist and I used to be able to get into flow. Now, here's here's the myth. Uh, Many people talk about, well, when we're on our devices all day, when we're using our computers, let's just get into flow. And it turns out that the kinds of things, the kinds of tasks we do on our computers, for most people, it's just not conducive to getting getting into flow. And we've, we've rarely found people in the office, in the workplace, getting into flow, and it's because of the nature of work that they do. If you compose music on your computer, you could probably get into flow. If you're playing a a very complex video game like World of Warcraft, you could probably get into flow. But the typical things that most of us do, we we get into focus. I find that it, it the... The benefit of flow when I am in flow or when I speak to people who feel they are in flow, whether they are a yoga teacher or they are a musician, like you're talking about, is there's genius there. Um, And so it's like, well, who cares if you want to create something special, truly special, you you kind of have to be there. Focus, right? I mean, when I'm focused, I'm approving things, I'm reading copy, I'm fixing it, I'm writing a newsletter, I'm, you know, planning out segments. It's like, okay, great. But when I'm writing a book about something I'm passionate about, I can tell when I'm in flow. You know, when I, when I used to train people one-on-one, I could tell when I'm in flow. And it's like, that's when it's just, you're creating something so special. What if people feel like, well, uh, you know, I don't have a passion. So, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. How do we entice them? Because I find so often people are just looking to check out, dude. It's like, 
I want to take something to go to bed. I want that glass of wine at the end of the day. I want to play my game because I want to zone out. I want to be out. I don't want, because the stress you're talking about is so overwhelming that then we want out. So I, I find that I even get into this now where it's like two modes, right? You're overwhelmed and then you're like, check me out. So anybody be here? No, I know. And you don't leave a legacy. You don't have any passion in your world. So, you know, can anybody be in that state if they're like, well, I'm not an artist, you know, what's the upside? You sure anyone can get into flow. You have to find that activity that can get you into flow. It's something that you have to have a deep interest in. Right. It could be a hobby, and, right? It doesn't have to be your work. Absolutely. Something that, right. Absolutely. Cause it gives you purpose essentially is what it sounds like you're saying is like you find yes. meaning there. Yes. So absolutely. It, it can be a hobby. Um, dance. If, if you like to dance, dance can get you into flow. I mean, there's, there's so many ways that you can get into flow. It's, it's a creative experience. That's the thing to keep in mind. You have to do something where you can really exercise your creative ability. Doc, you, you know, you, we touched on this, but we didn't really get into detail. And I, I think that it, it does sort of go without saying, right. We're like, Oh, I know we're all, you know, multitasking on our devices, but what essentially is the mechanism that no longer allows people to stick with something beyond 47 seconds? So our our minds have changed in the digital age. <clears throat> a lot of it is conditioning. A lot of it is, uh, and I write about this in the book, that there, there are so many different underlying forces in society that also contribute to us having short attention spans. I mean, first of all, you know, let's look at your computer and phone interface. Think of it as it's it's a portal to just a world of information. And we are curious human beings. And it's so hard for us not to be lured to want to seek out all that additional information. And we've also Um, Here's an interesting uh, finding in our research. People are just as likely to interrupt themselves as they are to be interrupted by some external thing like notification, text, phone call. We have developed in ourselves, we have become conditioned to self-interrupt, right? And and there's a there's a lot of things that contributed to this. Among these, as I said, you're you're sitting in front of the world's largest candy store that you can oh access God. at your fingertips. But you know, there's also um, the the I never design. thought of it that way, but it is. And it's like whether you're shopping or whether you're you know like oh you're curious about oh I started watching The Crown and then I'm like oh I wonder what you know what did this really happen? And you Google it and like, Oh, I want to look this. It's you're absolutely right. It's like, you're constantly. (laughs) Because we can, (laughs) because we can, we we do it right. We're, we're humans. And, you know, we are curious individuals and we know within seconds we can access whatever it is that we're curious about. Right. We can find the answer. So it's conditioned us that that's one thing that's going on. There are a lot of other things going on. I don't know if you realize this, but the average shot length of film and TV 
has also shortened to an average of four seconds. And it used to be much longer. Now, I can't say anything about cause and effect. I, I can't say that short shot lengths have influenced attention spans on the computer. Uh, it could easily be the other way around. It could be that directors and editors know that our attention spans are short and they they cut these uh, shot lengths to be short. It could be that directors and editors are influenced by their own short attention spans to make shot lengths short. But there are these parallel trends. And I'm wondering about this frustration tolerance. And I never had a great frustration tolerance, but I mean, I find that that, that my kids have very little frustration tolerance. Lou is better than Phoenix. And I think that's because the first couple of years of her life, she did not have, she's adopted. So she did not have all the screens and she had to tolerate massive amounts of frustration. But my son, holy cow, he will just have a meltdown over nothing. And so I, I, I worry about a lot of things. And one of the things I worry about is that we're, we're losing the ability to have face-to-face -face conversations, really deep, engaged conversations, because we're spending so much time on screens and and so much of our conversations are electronic through texting, email, Slack, and, uh, social media. And you know, I, I really worry that we're we're not giving enough attention to what we can do face to face. And it's, you know, we sit in front of screens and we're looking at this two-dimensional uh screen. <laughs> And we're losing the ability to understand our own bodies. Um, it's it's called proprioception, you know, our body's orientation in space. And because we're all of our attention is just on this this screen, and it's very different if you walk around in nature outside, you become much more aware that you're in this three dimensional surround and you know how your body is moving. So I I worry about things like that. Well, that's actually a perfect place to break because uh, when we come back, I want to talk about what we can do <laughs> now that we've established the significant stakes. I want to talk about the solutions. Um, we will be right back with Dr. Gloria Mark. We are talking about her new book, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, we are back with Dr. Gloria Mark talking about her new book, Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. Um, you know, Doc, we've, we've set the stage here and uh, you know, this is impacting all of us. I feel it at my age as an adult. And, you know, we're seeing it in our kids more and more. I, I want to just, before we get to the solutions, I don't feel I really dug into this enough. Um, are we like changing the shape of our kids' brains with this stuff? You know, the, the neuroplasticity piece, like are they going to grow an antenna out of their frontal lobe? You know what I mean? Because they are growing up 
like this. Whereas at least I didn't grow up like this. My daughter has a tablet at school and her tutor is like, you got to print all this shit off the tablet. We can't get anything done. They give her the tablet and it's keeping her from focusing on her schoolwork. It's like, she can't focus because it's like, oh, the email this and the this, this and the ding, ding, ding. And the it's like with kids, is there an extra level of concern? Are there guidelines? And then I want to get into what we can do for ourselves. Yeah. So what what is changing is the norms of our culture, right? It's it, it's becoming acceptable for kids to be able to be on screens for a long period of time. For um, you know, I teach at a university. I see kids who young people who hang out in groups and they're on their phones as opposed to talking with each other. Um, so yeah, the, the norms of our culture are changing that make it acceptable for, uh, you know, for kids to be on screens, for, for people of all ages to be on screens. And I think what we really need is to have media literacy training for kids to be able to teach them about you know, limits of being on screens and, and understanding, you know, do's and don'ts. And of course, this, this goes beyond uh, what we're talking about now, you know, parenting, it's like, get off your phone at the dinner table, dude. Yeah. But But, but, but the problem is the parents are doing it, doc. That's right. So it's, I see the parents doing it too. And there's got to be a boundary here. Yeah. So, you know, it's, Kids are kids are modeling after their parents, right? Parents are role models, and parents are doing the same kinds of behavior. So we've we've created this digital culture, right? Which which has changed our behavior, and so uh, yeah, I think we need to seriously think about changing the the way that we behave, and uh, you know, put, putting limits on right. on our uh, digital media use. Doc, what can we do um, to to limit this? Like I find, and I read a statistic and I cannot remember what it is, but it said something like every time you get distracted, it takes X amount of minutes to get back in into the game again. So that, that statistic actually is from my research. Oh my <laughs> <And> God! <laughs> <laughs> takes 25 and a half minutes for people to resume work on an interrupted task. So yeah, what, what can we do? Um, so because of I'm, you, because of that, I shut <laughs> all the stuff. I shut off the notifications. I put oh, the phone great. in airplane mode. I like, I'd like for just five people to reach me because of that. I was that's like, okay, great. my kid, my business partner, my ex, God forbid something happens when she has the kids, my wife, my mom, that's it because oh, of that. I'm so glad to hear that. That makes my day that that it had an effect. Um, so I, I'm a big believer that people have to develop agency in their lives. And, and you know, people need to develop agency, self-efficacy in, you know, many across different areas mm-hmm. across the board. Yep. But we can do it in using our devices. Um, and, you know, in the book, I talk about different ways that there's, there's different ways that people can achieve agency. I'll just give one quick example. There's this uh, principle that's called forethought. It means that whenever you attempt to do something right now, like go on social media, 
do shopping, check the news, practice forethought, which means think downstream later in the day how my current action is going to affect what I do. I have to, let's say I have to finish a report. And if I go on social media and let's say I know I'm going to spend two hours on social media, imagine 10 o'clock at night, am I still going to be up working on that report or am I going to be chilling out, watching a film, relaxing, or two o'clock in the morning, am I still going to be working on that report? So practice forethought, that's that's one example. But of course, there's. I, I also think that solutions have to come uh, at a higher level as well. So uh, I do a lot of study in the workplace. And I think that workplaces, organizations need to have policy to be able to change behaviors. For example, uh, some organizations have quiet time. So a few hours during the day, people are not allowed to send electronic communications. They're not allowed to interrupt each other. It's time for work. Uh, there's also, uh, on a broader level, uh, some European countries and even uh, in Ottawa, Canada, have what's called right to disconnect laws. And this is this means that people do not have to answer email after hours or any electronic communications. They cannot be fired. They cannot be penalized. They have a right, a human right to detach from work. And I think that's that's really important. And, and I think these kinds of things can help us rewire and reset and change, replenish, yeah. replenish and, and yeah. change oh our God. culture. So funny. Cause I, I was just talking about that. I was saying to my wife, cause it's like, we've had so much going on and I become a shittier mom, a shittier boss, a shittier partner. And I I'm like, I think I just need, I need a minute. Like I got to have nothing for a minute. Like there's got to be nothing so I can kind of go back in refreshed. So doc, what do you think about this whole work at home thing then? Is it better or worse? Yeah, that's such a great question. Uh, it, it depends. It, it depends because, you know, for some people they um, it's, it's a big win because they don't have to commute. Right. So they say yeah. the, the stress and the yep. time of commuting. For other people, it's it's become more of a burden, especially if you share the household with other people, especially if you don't have a private place to work, um, especially if you have to take care of kids. Remember, uh, during the lockdown, the kids were at home and oh doing God, homeschooling. Hell. Pure so, hell. Yeah. Hell, Doc. And no. the 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 type of distractions are very different. You know, when you're at work, you're distracted by colleagues. Uh, when you're at home, you're distracted by the pile of dirty laundry or the pile of dirty dishes. <laughs> you know, oh. there's there's things at home that distract you. It's like so challenging, son of a bitch. Yeah, we're God. We're, <laughs> we're, we're all in this together. <laughs> because it's like I you know I funnily enough based off of your research I have begun to implement certain things where I'm like I'm not allowed to leave this room or I'll say okay I'm gonna get all my personal shit done before I start work and then I'm like all right now let me begin working and then I shut off all the things so I get and 
I'm doing better. But man, when I used to be somewhere and I didn't have all the things, I was prolific. I was prolific. And it's been a long time. So I'm not prolific. Well, you, you, you can get back to that. You can get back to that. We can all get back to that. Doc, forgive me. I've got one more question. We do this thing called question of the week. And this one is about multitasking. So the question is, can constant multitasking in the digital era mimic ADD? I can't seem to focus anymore. And I just want to add to that, that I find people flex on multitasking. You know, they're like, I can do 20 things at once. And it's become almost, it's like a bragging right. But it's like, are you doing any of those things well? Um, so, so, I mean, can it mimic ADD? So, so the short answer is, yes, it can mimic ADD, but it's not the same as ADD. And the reason it's not the same is because as soon as you take a nice long break, I ideally take a nice walk outside, uh, as long as you get a really good night's sleep, uh, you're not going to be, uh, your behavior won't be like ADD. It's mimics ADD because your mind is exhausted, your attentional resources are depleted. And so it looks as though you have ADD. It's very hard to focus. You want to do things that are really lightweight and easy because you don't have the resources right? To, to keep sustained focus. So there's an important distinction, right? It mimics ADD, but it's not the same as ADD. People who have ADD basically are experiencing this, you know, quite 24 a, seven. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. And you, you got to learn to cope with it very differently. I, speaking from experience, it's like writing your name on your sweatshirt, man. <laughs> You know, like, I have my kid put her name on everything and anything because it's just she loses everything. I lose everything. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, the book, I could keep you for hours, Doc, but the book has so many different strategies, you guys. And this is why we all need to get it, to become more mindful of what this is costing us and subsequently how to turn it around. Um, Doc, the book is out tomorrow. Yes. So uh, right now, click on your app and get the book before you get distracted. It's called Attention Span, Finding Focus and Fighting Distraction. And I think it's also clearly going to help us, for those of us who have kids, be better parents, not just setting an example, but knowing how to better help our kids with these things as they grow. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also want to mention as an add-on, uh, I do have a newsletter that talks about the topics we we discussed today and also additional things. Even, for example, I have a newsletter on digital mental health tools. And so if you go to www.gloriamark.com, you can sign up for the newsletter and get additional information. And that's Mark with a K, right, Doc? Correct. G-L-O-R-I-A-M-A-R-K. And as I said, get the book available everywhere. Sign up for the newsletter. Doc, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you have a million interviews going on right now with the book coming out tomorrow. And I cannot thank you enough for giving us your time and your knowledge. Oh, it was it was such a pleasure. I, I had so much fun. Hey, guys. 
guys. If you're enjoying the show, do us a big favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it just helps us get the show out there, get it heard by more people. We'd really appreciate it.